This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 116 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, the Dream Horse Project. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections. For all of your holiday shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Plus, we can't forget Uncle Jimmy, who I spent some time with on the phone yesterday, and that's always a joy. And you can find them at uncle-jimmys.com. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, Helena, I ad-libbed a little there in the entrance because I talked to Uncle Jimmy yesterday and that reminded me. Yeah, you think you're Mr. Smarty Pants, you can ad-lib without messing up. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a nice conversation with Uncle Jimmy yesterday and he's always fun to talk to. How is he? How's Uncle Jimmy? He's doing great. He's uh, been traveling. His business keeps growing like like crazy. So Did you tell him I need a new bucket of squeezy buns? Oh, no, I forgot to tell him that. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Take care <laughs> of your own horse. Just don't worry about me. I'm all set. Thanks. <laughs> um, so Uncle Jimmy's doing fine. Uh, and You know, we have a cool show planned for today, but I wanted to uh, say, um, what was I going to say there, Helena? I don't know. I totally lost my train of thought. What happened? Blooper. I'm hungry. See, I didn't have lunch yet. Oh, ooh, it's like 29 minutes past your lunch. I know, it's far, it is, and you know what happens to me when I don't have lunch. I we, do. We do have a great uh, show planned today. Today we're going to talk about America's first horsemen and women. We have Jim Warson with us. Uh, he's an American Indian and horseman himself. And we also have Elaine Lockhead, owner of Thin Line, LLC. That's the saddle pad and boot company, you know, Thin Line. Yep. Uh, they make state-of-the-art products for the horse world. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, found, we, we found them. Yes. We, we found fa- them at the American Equestrian Trade Association uh, this past August when uh, Glenn and I were recording Tack and Habit there. And uh, Jim came over and talked to us a little bit about the Ogallala Sioux Indians of the Pine Ridge Reservation, which is in South Dakota. And um, they're in a they're in bad shape. But unfortunately, things are not going well there. Um, Pine Ridge is the second largest Indian reservation in the United States. And it was an extremely enlightening conversation and a story that I think Stable Scoop listeners will very much appreciate. And um, uh, really, the whole thing focuses around something called the Dream Horse Project. So you'll hear more about that as the show goes on. Good. Well, before we get over to the Dream Horse Project, I thought I would uh, try and give an update a little bit on Kathleen here on her journeys across the country. I tried to contact her today, didn't have any luck, so I know she's in the mountains of Pennsylvania, and I think it's taken her a little longer to get across Pennsylvania than she thought it would. Mm. She sent a beautiful picture the other day on my phone. She texted a picture over. She was riding the rails to trails up in northern Pennsylvania. And there was a picture. I'll have to post it. And I have to see if I still have it. I don't know if I still have it. But it was a beautiful rails to trails that was going along a lake and completely wooded. And she said she had seen two bears that day. 
Oh. So you know her fear of bears. Yeah, that was one of her big fears was was the bears. Well, she had seen two bears that day, but she said she rode back past the one before she even realized what it was. <laughs> That's uh, usually how it happens. <laughs> oh, is that a bear? I yeah. think so. Oh, that was a bear. <laughs> um, but she was she actually camped out a couple times because the, the rails to trails took her quite a ways. And uh, last I heard, she was in Puxatawney. We had sent her a care package up uh, to Puxatawney, so that's the last I heard, is that she was in Puxatawney, and she's making her way across Pennsylvania, then New Jersey, then the beach, and then she's done. So uh, that's the update on Kathleen. We hope to have her... If we have her next week, uh, she should be about wrapping things up, I think. so. Well, uh, Pennsylvania is right next to New Jersey. Yeah, and Jersey's like a little skinny part up at the top there. Although it's a yeah. dangerous skinny part. I don't know how she's going to get across the New Jersey Turnpike. Well, I don't know how she's going to get across the New Jersey Turnpike. That'll be interesting. Um, uh, you know what, though? It's all farmland. The New Jersey Turnpike, although there is the... No, no, you can cross the New Jersey Turnpike. It's timing. It's all about timing. <laughs> <laughs> Just put your leg on, Kathleen. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So we'll give you more updates on Kathleen. And, of course, you can follow her at Kathleen's Wild Ride on Facebook. Just do a search for Kathleen's Wild Ride. What else is up there, Helena? Oh, uh, we started Horses in the Morning this week. You did. And, you know, it's off to a really good start, I hear. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday we had a little bit of technical stuff because it's all new technology. We were able to take callers and everything. But we got that figured out, and uh, Wednesday and Thursday went very well. We're recording this on Thursday. So it was like a morning show. It felt like a morning show. It's very... You know, very boom, boom, boom. We try and, you know, not spend a whole lot of time with, with our guests and our callers. Just make it very morning show. So <laughs> We try not to spend a whole nah, lot of time with Nah, we don't spend a whole guests. lot of time with them at all. Uh, no, we do. We, we, we've been having some interesting guests on, and we have uh, some great ones lined up over the next couple of weeks. Jennifer's been doing a terrific job. My wife, the producer of the show, Woo-hoo, has been doing check. a terrific job in handling the technology. You know what? She, you know, she'll she'll tell you she's technologically challenged and she's a horse girl, but she's been pushing all the dials and buttons and doing very well at it. Well, so. you know, that's something you learn by being a horse girl is you learn how to be resourceful. Yes. Well, so she, if anybody can figure it out, it's Jen. She she's doing a great job and she seems to be enjoying it and she gets to chipe in occasionally and and she likes that. My new co-host Jamie is terrific. I and I just can't say enough good things. She, you know, she did morning radio for ten years, so she's really been helping us. You know, oh. uh, I have never done live radio before, so this is a learning experience for me. But when I sort of get tongue-tied, Jamie just hops in, takes over, and gets it done. So you get tongue-tied. Occasionally, I you was know. nervous. I have to tell. How many shows have I done? Hundreds on the yes. Horse Radio Network. Yes. I was nervous the first two days. I really was. I well, was you know what? nervous. You have your own shoes to fill now. You have your own <laughs> shoes to fill. <laughs> funny. Uh, and they seem bigger. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to make sure you eat breakfast before you do the morning show. You have I to have, have to brag belly. about something, though. I have to brag with you especially because you're oh, going to laugh. Uh, people have been having whole conversations on our website at horsesinthemorning.com. Or no, on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning. And it's been kind of neat. And there was a comment on there. And this was a funny thing that happened. I just have to tell you about this real quick. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh, from, um, I think it's Mary Ann Hendry. She posted the other day, Glenn, you must be the sexiest man on radio. <laughs> ah! 
Just so you appreciate my high standards, I think Norm Abrams of This Old House is the sexiest man on television. Love the show. Oh. So I mentioned that on the air yesterday morning, and I said, Marie, give us a call. Well, she called. Uh, people probably thought we set it up. We didn't. We, I just said, give us a call. I'd love to talk to you. Well, she called in then about 10 minutes later. Aww. So we got to talk to Marie. And uh, it was so funny because Jamie didn't know who, who Norm Abrams was because she's a young puppy. Oh, yeah. And she looked Norm Abrams' picture up and she went, you two could be twins. <laughs> yeah, you know, women tend to stick to themes. When they think somebody's hot, they kind of, everybody looks like that person, but you know. <laughs> I, you know, I do have the beard, you know, and a gray beard and everything. I think Norm probably knows more about woodworking than me. Yeah, yeah probably. He's probably a little handier. Uh, you know, he probably yeah. makes more money. Um, what yeah. else? Uh, <laughs> but everything else, I'm better than Norm. So, yes, absolutely. You're more personable. Absolutely. That's, that's right. So I'm, you look I'm better just, in a cowboy hat and sunglasses. I'm at least th- sort of thinking this was a compliment. I did ask her that when she called. <laughs> I said, is this a compliment? I wasn't sure when I first read it. And she said, yes, I love Norm Abrams. So, so I had to brag about that a little bit. I'm going to start calling you Hollywood. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's nobody more self-deprecating than me, which is ma- this makes is this true. all funny. It, this so. is a, yes, yes. And you know what, Glenn and I, you guys think that we're kind of cocky, but you know what, we can be. We have license to be cocky because really, underneath it all, we're not. We, yeah, we're probably just nothing the most there. humble, <laughs> lack of self-confident people. <laughs> I was nervous to do shows. I've done 400 shows on the Horse Radio Network, and I was very nervous to do these first two shows that we did. And then I had to have a talk with you, and you straightened me out. Yes, that's what I'm here for. My, my coach, my mentor. I told him, just shut up and relax. Yeah, that's exactly what she said. That's what I needed. I need Helena just tell me to shut up and relax. So uh, anyway, that's what happened in the last couple of days. have been good. You can listen to that show at horsesinthemorning.com every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. And also now, we have instructions on there. You can listen on your iPhone or your Android phone live. So that's kind of cool, too. Sweet. All uh, right. So nice. let's take a break. Let's take a commercial break here, and then we'll come back with the Dream Horse Project, which is something that uh, we're both very passionate about. So we'll be right back. We've been speaking a whole lot in recent weeks about looking to equestrian collections for all of your fall and winter needs. They have all the top brands in winter wear for you and your horse. Well, in addition to winter, believe it or not, it is now November and time to start thinking about holiday gift giving. There's no better place to find those equestrian gift ideas than at Equestrian Collections. They have thousands of choices for all of your gift-giving needs at some fantastic prices. Whether it is for that guy, girl, or equine in your life, you will find it all at EquestrianCollections.com. Get that holiday shopping started early at EquestrianCollections.com. This is Helena B. and Glenn the Geek back with you. And we're talking about the Dream Horse Project. Just give everybody a, a sentence or two about what it was, and then we'll get our guests on the phone again. Okay. So the Dream Horse Project is part of the Dream Horse Foundation, which is its goal is to improve the economic and social conditions of the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Now, that is home to the Ogallala Sioux Indians, which are part of the broader Lakota Nation. And uh, we'll learn a little bit more about the details of um, the American Indians um, on the reservation in the Lakota Nation from Jim and Elaine. And the idea is, because things are so bad on the reservation, so, so bad um, economically and socially, that um, Elaine had this wonderful idea to help bring the cottage industry back to 
the American Indians, to, to give them the opportunity to do what they do best. They're, they're artisans, they're craftsmen and women, and she's basically going to take the, the things that they make and make those available to the general public to purchase, which will go, obviously, which will put money right back into the reservation and hopefully start to help lift up the American Indians, um, the Ogallala Sioux in particular, and into a better place, like I said, economically and socially. So we're going to hear from Elaine and Jim about that. A warm welcome to Elaine Lockhead of Thin Line and Dr. Jim Warson. Thanks to both of you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. So I am, uh, you know, I mentioned to uh, our Stable Scoop audience a little bit earlier in the show um, that I ran into Jim for the first time at the American Equestrian Trade Association show in Pennsylvania this past August. And it was through a conversation with Jim that I learned about um, the Ogallala Sioux and the Pine Ridge Reservation. And, of course, it, it just stirred this something in me that made me want to learn more. So... Tell us a little bit, um, I know, Elaine, you're really involved in this. Uh, tell us about the Dream Horse Project. Give us an introduction to it. Okay, well, the, um, it's eventually going to be a 501c foundation. And the Dream Horse Foundation is designed to seek to improve the economic and social conditions on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in the Badlands of South Dakota in a responsible manner that respects and uplifts the Lakota's traditions. The foundation will collaborate with partners on the reservation to fund projects aimed at benefiting the residents and promoting the rich history and culture of the tribes, particularly of the Lakota's horsemanship. The foundation's goal is to help alleviate many of the challenges facing the Lakota. The Lakota have long been respected for their close relationship and love for horses, which is a passion we here at Thinline share. Through its programs and initiatives, the Foundation wishes to give back to the Lakota all they have given to the horse world by creating jobs within the equestrian product production in a cottage-style industry. I love that. I love that. Um, it, it, that's an ideal. I mean, to be able to um, support our own communities from yeah. within. Um, you know, I think that there's been a, we've moved away from the, the cottage industry and what better way to get back to um, get back to that by an initiative that's going to help uh, you know Native Americans? Jim, when we talked back at Ada um, at the conference, you, you know, and I think that I think some Americans, and then you know, we have listeners from all around the world for that matter, but some Americans realize that the conditions are not real good on these reservations. Talk to us a little bit about that and what the conditions are like. And you know, we talk about unemployment here, you know, in the states like Kentucky's twelve percent. They're they're at you know they're at unbelievable unemployment rates on the reservations, right? That's correct. Um, and on the Pine Ridge Reservation, unemployment is 85%. Oh, my God. Wow. And uh, the average adult uh, Lakota Indian annual income is $3,500 per year. Oh, wow. uh, these people have their land. They, uh, they pay a terrible price for clinging to their homeland. The average life expectancy for males is 47 years. For females, it's 52. 50% of the Ogallala over 40 are affected by diabetes. And only Haiti has worse statistics in the Western Hemisphere regarding health. Wow. Well, this isn't, this isn't Haiti. This is America. Yeah. And uh, 
I would suggest that uh, if someone wants to visually experience Pine Ridge, I suggest viewing the photo essays of Aaron Huey on the Internet. And also, uh, if they look at the Thin Line blog, uh, there'll be a historical link to this. He's a master photographer. He's worked for Smithsonian and National Geographic, this sort of thing. Um, the Pine Ridge Reservation has been a special project of his, and he has uh, uh, a marvelous photo essays of this in all of its points, good and bad, and uh, it's just one of the best done things and one of the best sources of information you could have about these people. Now, this is in South Dakota, too, right? That's correct. It's in the southwest corner of uh, South Dakota. Uh, it's in Shannon County. Uh, actually extends beyond it, but it occupies most of Shannon County, and that is the poorest county in America. And it's the Lakota Indians. That's correct. These are, well, the, the Lakota have uh, seven, uh, you might say, divisions, uh, sub-tribes, and uh, these are the Oglala Sioux that occupy uh, the Pine Ridge Reservation. There are other uh, uh, Indian uh, subgroups uh, like the Hunt Papa and, and this sort of thing that are on other reservations. And they're now, how did how, how did you guys? I mean, what what inspired you? How did you get started with this? What inspired you to say, let's put let's put these people to work doing something that they're so good at, so that and for two reasons: one, for income, and second, so they don't lose that art that they have been handed down through generations. Well, you know, I started <clears throat> with this because, um, well, the project actually began from two sets of problems. As a United States tack manufacturer, Thin Line has been forced to move more and more production overseas. The tack industry is extremely price sensitive, and manufacturing in the U.S. has become increasingly difficult. Um, we didn't like moving jobs overseas, and um, you know it just went against our grain. So we began to search for ways to keep more of our production in the United States. During this um, search time, we became friends with. Dr. Warson, he's a surgeon and a writer, but um, also a Comanche Indian. Jim had some connections on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Um, so we began investigating the reservation, and I was first extremely impressed with the horsemanship, both as long as, as long-standing heritage and as present-day riders. The degree of honor and spirituality within their culture, as well as their spiritual connection to horses, makes the Kutusu stand out as present-day Western culture. Once we educated ourselves about the plight of the Lakota Sioux Nation, we were stunned to see not only the damage the U.S. government has and still does to these people, but we were shocked to see such abject poverty within the borders of the United States. I personally have traveled much of the world, and there are places you visit where not only is there poverty, but people live without hope. In third world countries, it's generally a tyrannical regime who creates a society where people feel hopeless. In the United States, it is the geographical isolation of the lands we force these people to reside upon that has engendered this hopelessness. So then we said to ourselves, Thin Line, okay, so what to do? We're all horsemen here at Thin Line, and we share that with the Lakota Sioux. We began to think differently about how to do business in America. And then you had this bright idea. <laughs> and then I had this bright idea. And it lit up the yeah, whole cool. world. <laughs> I'm going to change the whole world. Atta girl. It led me to think entirely different. You know, in today's world of Walmart 
commerce and price world wars, you know, it just brought me back towards thinking about horses and the products and come back to a place of respect, not only for horses, but for humanity. I love that. Come back to a place of respect. That's, you know, and, and not to respect just their, their communities and their heritage, but to respect or to learn from the, uh, to learn from the the Lakota's relationship with their horses. Um, And, and, and I'm, I'm guessing that that's part of what, it sounds like that's what inspired you. Um, Yeah. And so, so tell us a little bit about that. You know, I, I, we're all horse people here listening. What, what is the relationship like between um, the, the Ogallala Sioux and, and their horses or the, or the Lakota Nation in general? Yeah, the, uh, there's a Lakota legend that's, uh, that they brought horses across the land bridge, but they became so proud they, that they lost their humility. So the Great Spirit sent the horses back across the land bridge and left them on foot. And they stayed on foot until humility replaced resentment. Then the Comanches brought them horses sometime in the 1600s. Um, the Lakota are all born riders. You see these people riding their horses everywhere on the reservation, from the main street to the hill. And the poverty of the reservation sometimes means that the horses are their only means of transportation. Uh, the Wounded Knee School children once rode their ponies to school. This was stopped due to a a lack of funds for school security. And uh, Mrs. Uh, Marnie Whitewolf, the school superintendent, um, has pledged to work with the horse industry to find a way to correct this situation so that children can once again ride their horses uh, to school and bring their riding heritage into their education. Uh, And and you got to, let me tell you something, the faculty and the staff of the Wounded Knee School are heroes. In the midst of just unbelievable poverty, they concentrate on what can be done to educate the children, not what can't. And I uh, believe that horsemanship is an integral part of the Lakota culture and education, and we certainly don't uh, disagree. We, uh, our response when my my daughter is a, an art therapist with George Washington University. And she had a bunch of graduate students out there this summer. I was with them, and they were doing art therapy in the Wounded Knee School. And we looked around, we realized this was an elementary school in America that had no computers. And the library of this school wasn't as big as possibly what you would see in an average American home. So uh, our first response was to begin a book and use computer drive for Wounded Knee Elementary School, and uh, we're still accepting uh, books, uh, and uh, we accept all donations, and we forward them to the library at the Wounded Knee School, and uh, they've instituted a a reading program where the parents bring their children in and they read with them uh, in the evenings there. And... uh, uh, after we achieve a tax-exempt uh, fund, we'll be accepting cash donations to build a shed row barn uh, at the Wounded Knee Elementary School for a little shelter in case storms come up after the children have ridden their horses to school once again. We believe that uh, if this is the last school in America where kids are riding to school, uh, we're not going to let it go down without a fight. Let me, you know, and the, the I, I want to talk about the Dream Horse Project in detail in a minute, but I, I need to bring up a very important point about children riding their horses to school. I know recently in the national news there have been 
two stories, one of one which covered a boy who was riding his horse to school in Pennsylvania. And um, the school administrators and his family were so proud of the fact, of the effort and, and the horsemanship and the responsibility that this boy showed that they supported his efforts to ride to school. In fact, the school had even built a little corral so that his horse could, could stay safely on the school grounds during the day. Now, the flip side of that story is that um, just last week, up here in Massachusetts. Where we there, used to live. <laughs> which I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> yes. Hamilton, Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that uh, school administrators have suspended a young man for riding his very quiet Belgian cross uh, on school grounds in um, in an effort to share his school spirit. It was Spirit it Week. It was Spirit Week. <laughs> it was Spirit Week, and um, the theme was knights and, and chivalry, and he dressed up as a knight, and he had a squad leading him at the end of a lead rope, for goodness sakes. And uh, his parents were there, and he had asked permission from his parents beforehand. So, um, you know, so this is the flip side of the coin. Of course, the boy gets suspended um, because the uh, assistant principal at the Hamilton Wenham Regional High School (laughs) had likened uh, riding a horse on school grounds to bringing a loaded firearm to school. So this now that's what's wrong with America. Exactly. And I think we have much to learn from the first Americans. I think we have much, much to learn. So to be able to bring that back to them first, I think the rest of the nation should watch very carefully how we lift this community back up and and then yeah. and take those lessons away. One of the things we away. really are keen to do in the Dream Horse Project, when we, when we get our um, 501c3 status, we uh, will be seeking financial donations, and one of the things that we're going to do is build a shed row barn at the elementary school. That's so awesome. That children can safely bring their horses to school and leave them in the shed row. How cute is that? Right? I know. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Let's, let's, let's go right. back to that. All right. So I, okay, so uh, you, you're doing this project. What exactly are they doing and making uh, and and you know what what's that all about? What what's what's the actual product? Okay, well, um, let me first uh, back up a little bit about how I got to the products that we're going to develop. Um, one of the most interesting interesting things I've learned about the Lakota is why manufacturing attempts have to date failed on the reservation. So China and many other previously third world countries have created an entire economy on copying. Chinese can copy just about anything and do it for a fraction of the cost the rest of the world can do it for. This is why jobs are being lost to China. In the American Indian culture, you can never make the same thing twice. For the Lakota Indian, there's a spirit placed in every item they make. This is precious, and they can never make two things exactly the same, or they'll dishonor the spirit world. I was deeply touched by this as I thought about how far we've come away from those things that are meaningful in today's world of commerce. So um, one of the products we're doing are porcupine quilt brow bands with matching bracelets for the riders. All products will be custom-made with the rider's color specified. Let me tell you, these people go out, get the porcupine, pluck the quills, dye them. I mean, this is all truly handmade stuff. And then there's a spirit in it for you. But, you know, so all these products will be custom made, but more importantly, what we're doing is showing respect for the history of the Lakota 
And instead of trying to force this community into our world, we've decided it's in line to take pleasure in theirs. Lakota products will come with a, a short note from the Indian artisan telling the buyer a little bit about the spirit which was implanted in that piece. You know, yes, these products are going to cost you more than a product made in China or India, but we guarantee it'll be worth it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what there, what there is so I can buy it all up. So what, <laughs> what, what well, they are online. They're, the products are online at uh, thinlineglobal.com. What is it again? There's a little tap on the left. It's, okay. um, the website is thinlineglobal.com, and there's a tab on the left-hand side that says Lakota products. Okay. Oh, great. So will you will Thinline be yeah. the only outlet um, at this point where we can um, at access? At this point, you know, the, prob- the problem is that, um, you know, these products are going to be very expensive. The halters will be $450, although... You know, little brow bands and bracelets will be, you know, much less, more in the hundred something range. But you know, it takes an extraordinary amount of time for these people to go find porcupines. You know, get the quills, dye them, make yep. it. They got to put the spirit in there. I mean, you know? Sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and we want to pay them. We want to pay them well for what they're doing. So you know, at this point, the prices are basically what we're paying the Lakota. Okay. Um, wow, there's so some beautiful it stuff here, Helena. For us, get that into. Uh, we haven't figured out how we're going to get that into a sales channel, but you know, eventually, hopefully, we will. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, right? <laughs> I love the quill halters. They're beautiful. Yeah, and uh, you know, they're the, each one is totally different. So uh, you know, they're, they're they're made up to be that way, and. The nice thing about it, you know, Christmas is sort of around the corner, and let's remember that this is possibly the only product left in this country that you can buy that is an American product made by real Americans. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then we're going to have some other products. We have beaded whips, and we have this really fun um, elk hide bareback pad. And, you know, the elk is all, you know, the Lakota still hunt and tan, and um, it has a piece of thin line on it for her. Comfort and the Indians are riding in it now with a thin line on it. It works well with their horsemanship hours. And, um, you know, we have, um, so we're going to have different beaded and quilled products that are all horse related items. So they're going to be saddle pads and whips and, you know, fancy little things to add for your, for your show circuit. So I hope it'll be fun for people as well as being able to give. And, and if, you, if you don't have a whole lot of uh, dollars to spend, the Lakota Dream Horse is beautiful, too, and that's, that's only at the $45 mark. So, um, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and this is just the beginning, you know, isn't it? Yeah, this is just the beginning. If you don't mind, can I, can I speak a little bit about the um, Lakota Dream Horse? Yes. Yeah. Tell you yeah. what that is. Okay, yeah. so uh, this was a product we decided to do because if you're not a horse rider, we thought it would be great to have an inexpensive product that anyone can purchase for someone else. And these are all hand-carved, hand-painted little horses that have horse, actual real horse hair placed in them. Of course, the horses are all healthy on the reservation. They just may have shorter manes than you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me tell you, um, here's a brief, here, a brief summary of the dream horse. Um, horses were many things to the great Lakota people. They were walking or holy, a gift from the great spirit. The horses made travel easy and the hunt successful, keeping starvation from their camp. 
It brought safety to the tribe and gave swiftness against the enemy. Wooden effigies were carved to honor a horse's act of courage during the hunter in battle. The greatest gift a Lakota can give is a horse. As hard times fell upon the Lakota, often they could not afford such a gift. The wooden carvings became the dream horse. Today, the dream horse is painted with four colors to represent love, harmony, prosperity, and power. You may purchase a dream horse from the Thinline website. Dream horses have been blessed by the chief medicine men of the Sioux Nation. It is a symbol of what the recipient desires and has been blessed to deliver those desires to its owner. The horsemen of the Lakota Nation wish you all you seek. So when you buy a dream horse, you get a card that tells the story. And each of these dream horses have been blessed by the medicine man. So you can give this as a gift for yourself or for someone else and say, I wish you your next great horse or your next great job or whatever you want. And for that small amount of money, you can support the reservation and give a wonderful gift. Well, that's, <sighs> that's terrific. Uh, that That's just neat. And, and, I, you know, I think that I, I can't think of a better gift to be giving this holiday season. And we're definitely, we're, we do a special gift episode. We're going to have to include this, Helena. We'll have to remember to do that. Yeah. Um, we're going to be speaking, as I understand it, with one of the artists here today. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, it'll either be Gerald or Sam. Uh, I'll point out that uh, uh, these people carry special tribal uh, cell phones, and sometimes the uh, communication gets a little spotty. But uh, I think both of these uh, fellows... Are you kidding? We're n- we, none of us live on a reservation, and our cell phones are spotty, so that's just normal. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna try, I think we're going to try and get in touch with Gerald, Gerald Redcloud, yeah? And what's Gerald do? What has he done as far as, as, far as art for you? Okay, Gerald. Uh, Gerald is a member of the Red Cloud family. They are the most famous porcupine quill people in the Lakota Nation, and their arrows. Uh, Gerald and his wife have ten children. They all work doing uh, dyeing and uh, weaving the porcupine quills into these products. And additionally, he has ten more family members and nieces and nephews and this sort of thing that are working doing the beading part of it. And so this is a family that's all kind of bonded together and help each other through the really tough times on that place. Um, I want to know how they uh, catch the porcupine safely and get the quills out. Is what <laughs> um, oh, uh, it's really pretty easy to, to whack a porcupine. <laughs> we don't want to give away their secrets. <laughs> all right, let's get well, we, Gerald on the line here. We want to give these guys an exclusive. <laughs> let's get Gerald on the line. We're going to have to take a little break for a commercial first, and then uh, we'll be back. Hopefully we'll have uh, Gerald Red Cloud on the phone with us to talk a little about about his participation in this project. Well, Helena, Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And I have on the line here Kyle Carter, who is an international eventer and well-known throughout the eventing world, who uses Omega Alpha products. Kyle, I understand that you started using uh, Omega Alpha about a year ago. Yeah, I've, I've been using it for about a year and have noticed a remarkable difference in the horses that have been on it. And then um, if, they've, if they've come off of it, the horse's health always has been better on it. Um, it's one of the few supplement companies that I wholeheartedly believe in. 
Well, thank you, Kyle. You know, Omega Alpha brings consumers the perfect marriage of nature and science. Look for all of their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, Helena and I are back. This is Glenn the Geek, and we are with Jim Morrison and Elaine Lockhead with Thin Line Global, who are working on this project we've been talking about here. And we tried to get uh, we tried to get Sam Tubbles or Gerald Redcloud on the phone, and their cell phones were not functioning today out on the reservation there in South Dakota. And as I said, we have enough trouble with cell phones functioning in the middle of cities, let alone on a reservation. So, yeah, so that's that's fine. And I think we're getting the idea from you guys what you're really trying to accomplish. How big do you want to see this go? Oh, we want to take it to Europe. Really? We want to take it, yeah. yeah. We want it to be uh, the United States riders are using Lakota products and, you know, that we want to take it around the world. We want the world to see how special these horsemen are. And we want for them to be able to you know, be uplifted within their culture and uh, turn this reservation down to give these people back the proud and happy life that they had. So, hey, let's get it out there. Let's help them right now today by giving donations of uh, things they could use like books and computers. But, you know, let's get the products. Uh, let's make it be the most popular thing you do in America is ride with the Lakota Brow Band or give a gift horse and yeah, I have a, I have a great vision for this because you know these are the original horsemen of our country. And how do how do the um, how and now forgive me, maybe you can you can educate me, um, Jim, on on how we address American Indians. We have Native Americans, we have American Indians, we have uh, we can say Lakota Sioux, oh, we can say Oglalas. Yeah. What's the most respectful? If I want to address okay. the community of the Oglala Sioux, how, how, what's a respectful way to do that? Okay, the Oglala are a division of the Lakota Nation. Okay. And so you can call them Lakota. They generally call themselves Lakota. Okay. Uh, and uh, they generally don't call themselves Oglala Sioux. That's more of a, a working classification. Okay. In general, uh, people should not refer to us as Native Americans. We should always be referred to as American Indians. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, term Native Americans came out of uh, Washington, D.C. politics a while back. Um, if you were born in America, you're a Native American. And okay. This was at a time when they were trying to welch on the uh, uh, U.S. government uh, money that they owe Indians or various things, anything from fishing rights to highway right-of-ways to timber to mining to whatever. And uh, so the, the term Native American got spawned. Uh, it's, it's an incorrect term. The correct term, the term we all use among ourselves is American Indians. Okay, good. So that then, then my next question is, how do the American Indians that are part of this program, um, how do they feel about it? Are they optimistic? Are they excited? Are they sharing their ideas? You, 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 you really can't imagine. These people, for the first time in a very long time, have hope. And what we're trying to do is uh, generate a, let's say, a linear system where they are making things and then we're taking them, we're paying them for them and we're selling them and, and putting the money back into marketing and 
working for these people and creating the one thing that this reservation needs, and for that matter, most reservations, more than anything else in the world, is employment. And, you know, we're, we're open to other, uh, we have some Comanche um, Indians who work for us as well, so we're not, we're not completely honed in on Pine Ridge. I mean, we are and we aren't, but, you know, we have other artisans. Um, Rance Hood, who is probably the most well-known American uh, Indian artist, and uh, he is Comanche, and he's designing um, the good logos guy. for the Dream Horse Project and things. So, you know, I just wanted to also say that, that we're not just sticking to, you know, we're not isolating other American Indians, but we're welcoming everyone who is a horse person into this project. Well, and That's you know, I think, I think that too, you're going to end up with different types of art from, from all the different groups. Yeah. Uh, the, I, so, for example, uh, the uh, Arapaho and Cheyenne are uh, very different. Uh, and frankly, we haven't been able to contact them just because we took a few tribes that we had immediate access to, and, and we had to work with them to get the program up and going. And then we can expand it to the other uh, horse tribes that are present on the American Plains. Well, I, I think I, I think, can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ahead. I honestly, I've, I'm share, I'm so. Um, I think your enthusiasm and your vision for this is infectious. And I'm, you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you. My little brain is working, and it's, I'm thinking, what other little markets can we get into? Who else can we tell about this? How how quickly can we spread the word and get this off the ground? And Elaine, I can imagine that you must, you know, sit with your your pencil in your mouth, chewing on it, and yeah. you know wh- wh- where all would night you... sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, it's it, it's her dog on her lap. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, but the, I think part of the reason you you well, the Pine Ridge Reservation. Let's just go back to that quickly for a minute. Is that is it true that it's the second largest reservation in the United States? That's yes. correct. Okay, so it's a it's a good place to start because if you can make this project successful there, then there's a very good chance that you can um, we you can take what you created there and implant it among other reservations throughout the country. Yeah. Yeah, you think? absolutely. Uh, but what we want to do is start small. We want to get the bugs worked out of the program from everything from design to delivery to to marketing to you name it. Uh, so that it'll be a success. The worst thing that can happen is to someone to, to come on a reservation with good attention, I- I good intention, but bad performance. The thing falls through, and these poor people are left on the reservation with nothing. Okay. And we don't, we absolutely refuse to let that happen. Yeah, there's nothing like building up hope and then dashing it. That doesn't work either. That, that's right. We we would feel a terrible responsibility for that if we let that happen. Well, guys, I, I thank you for coming on. I'll tell you what else we're going to do um, that we can do, Helena, is we're going to take this interview and we'll pluck it into one of our other shows called Tack and Habit that's all about products. And I think we'll just take this interview out and we'll make it part of our, our next Tack and Habit show. Or we'll make it the whole Tack and Habit show so we get some extra play out of it. What do you think, Helena? Oh, that I think that's great. Would this be any, um, could I possibly leave you with my favorite Lakota quote? Sure. Absolutely. All right. So um, this was the quote from Crazy Horse. The Red Nation shall rise again. And it shall be a blessing for a world filled with broken promises, selfishness, and separations. A world longing for light again. 
I see a time of seven generations when all the colors of mankind will gather under the sacred tree of life and the whole earth will become one again. In that day, there will be those among the Lakota who will carry knowledge and understanding of unity among all living things. And the young white ones will come to those of my people and ask for this wisdom. I salute the light within your eyes where the whole universe dwells. For when you are at that center within you and I am at that place within me, we shall be one. And I was so touched by that quote. And that was we from... We are um, just about, given the lifespan of the Lakotas, we are seven generations from the death of Crazy Horse. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, we can't. We can't do much. I think that should end it pretty much um, for the, for this segment. I do want to give you a chance though to give the website again. And that is www.finlineglobal.com. And there's a under new products right halfway down the page. There's a Lakota awesome. equine product. This Lakota product. Yep. Well, that's great. Well, thank you both very much for joining us today. And, and Jim, I have to say thank you for, for finding us over at Ada and for letting us know about this. We appreciate that, too. Hey, it was my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for your time. Well, I can't think of a better cause that these two have really uh, are dedicating their lives to and are so passionate about. We'll be right back after this word from Uncle Jimmy's. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop Show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle-jimmys.com. Well, this is Helene and Glenn back with you on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Well, Helena, that was, a, that was a, a neat conversation, and I wish them the very best of luck, and we hope that you check out that link. We'll put it on our show notes at stablescoop.com, and we hope that you go buy some of the products. And as he said, it would make great Christmas and holiday gifts. Yeah, and all of these things are one of a kind. So, you know, if you've got some deep pockets, dig into those deep pockets and get the really cool stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all going, I mean, you're, you, no one else is going to have that item but you and it's going to be something that you can pass it's going to go down from generation to generation in your family and then you know what if you have a whole barn full of people to buy for the little dream horses are gorgeous and the so beaded whips we didn't talk about those but the beaded whips are very pretty i want one of those for myself and then i want to see what else they come up with because i want to get them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the interesting part about this something that they didn't say on the air but they mentioned to us was that it's not part of their culture to have deadlines Right. So they make this stuff and they turn it out and then they send it in, but it's at their own schedule. So it's, uh, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge when you're a manufacturer, but they seem to have figured out a way around it and, and it seems to be working. So I, I think, you know, I mentioned this in our, our conversation with them. I think there is so much to learn. If, if this type of market, you know, we, we talk about, um, 
you know, free markets and, and capitalism and all that, if, if a cottage industry can work on the Pine Ridge Reservation and can lift this community up out of the darkness, I, I really do think it would be a lesson for the rest of our nation to pay very close attention to. And really what it's talking about is something that's missing. We don't talk about politics too much on this show, and, and we, we aren't no. going to. But what, you know, what we've done is we've sent our, all our manufacturing base overseas to whatever country. Yeah. And this is really talking back to getting back to making things again here yeah. in the United States. And that's what we're talking about. At some, at some point, that tide is going to shift, and we are going to start making things here. And I think that's starting with some of the companies we see, and it, it's starting with small grassroots companies and projects like this. So. Welcome back is what I say. Yes, me too. Woohoo. Well, All right. there we go. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and another wonderful episode of Stable Scoop is, is going to get wrapped up. What do we have next week? Well, next week, I think we have the doctor back, don't we? We do. We have Ask the Vet next week with Dr. Brian Parrott of Parrott Equine Associates. So if you have any questions that you would like uh, for the Ask the Vet segment, please submit them through our website. Just go to stablescoop.com and do the contact link at the top of the page. And uh, we'd be happy to ask your question for you. We also should post that on Facebook, too, uh, Helena. Yeah, we'll, we'll take your feedback and we'll take your questions from anywhere you want to send yep, them. <laughs> yep, so uh, either on Facebook or, uh, or through the website is fine. Actually, uh, if you want details, more details about um, the Dream Horse Project, today's show, um, or any other episodes that are available through Stable Scoop, you go to www.stablescoop.com and you will find there links, photos, and detailed information about all of our guests. Many thanks to our sponsors, Equestrian Collections, Uncle Jimmy's, and of course, our title sponsor, Omega Alpha. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. And that includes the Tech and Have It radio show, our fun other little show that Helene and I do and have a blast with. <laughs> so you can visit that also at tackandhabit.com. I think that's about it. Yes, we will be back next week with Ask the Vet. No, see, we, we had a what? new ending last week, remember? Do you remember what it was? It was so good, and you liked it, and we were going to do it every week. I do. Was that that was this show, or was that Tack and Habit? Oh, was that Tack and Habit? So I our ending still just stinks for this show? Is that it? No, it was a really good one. I think it was for Stable Scoop. Yes, it was. And now I don't remember what it was, because I'm Me old. Me either. It was fabulous. It was great. It'll hit me when we, when we log off. It, All it right. Will. Well, log oh. off, Helena. All right, well, we'll see you next week with the scoop. Oh, see, back to lame. Oh. <laughs> Bye.